0: This is Top Quality Faith Ministries Podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message.
1: Today's prayer this is going to be a little bit different because God's trying to get a reaction out of you guys uh, and to get you guys to a place to where he literally gets you to see yourself. So Paul's going to teach. Come on, Paul. (laughs) Come (laughs) on, Paul. But we're going to give him the mic, and then I'll i'll do what i need to do so come sit alongside of me
2: it's
1: entering in
2: huh
1: it's about entering in Oh,
2: fantastic!
1: okay so it's about them entering in and getting to the place where you're supposed to because the holy spirit is constantly waiting on you guys and you guys keep thinking you're waiting on him. And we gotta get in sync with him and we have to get out of the waiting mode. And we gotta get out of the place where we're moving in a fashion of Martha and Mary. And, and the Holy Spirit began to show me that by literally causing me to see how I operate. And you're constantly hearing Bradley from a perspective saying, come on up here, come on up here, come on up here. God is waiting over here. We're right here, he's right there, he's right here. You don't have to invite a man, he's already in here. He's like, you gotta engage with him. And, and your engagement is where the problem lies. He engages you the way you are, but you engage him, in a way that's not conducive for the relationship. You're, you're in that place where you're thinking you gotta do all this extra fluff and flower and all this stuff to where you just have lip singing and lip words and all this stuff and you're not getting his attention, you're getting far away from him, so I'm now giving him the example
3: morning, church. Morning. First and foremost, um, I give honor to Father God this morning, this day, this moment, this second, for just blessing me. Um, I didn't see this coming, but here I am. I guess the best uh, deserving um, place to start it would be with myself. Um, I'll condense it because of my season, but I'll turn the pages somewhat fast. Um, I was blessed at an early age. I didn't know Father God had what Father God had in store for me. Um, He just kept me safe. And uh, those that have heard my testimony on Bible study from, he saved my life from drowning. He saved my life from execution. These are just identifiers, uh, identifying moments that I can recognize
1: follow me. How many of you guys heard that story? How many of you guys heard that before? Because this is sometimes how you go to God. You bring the same thing over and over and over to him as if he doesn't already know it. And when he puts you on the spot, how many of you guys say, I don't know what to do. You, you start off just like him. You don't know what to do. And how many times do you come into a place of worship with the same way of looking at things? And then you begin to tell him the same story. Or then you begin to, to bring up the same type of worship and praise to him. <clears throat> never entering in but it's like starting a vehicle that has an issue with the carburetor and you're just pushing that starter over and over and over and it's making this loud noise but the car is never turning over and the reason why it's never turning over is because there's something broken and what's broken is you have a way of entering in and God is just saying come as you are Mm -hmm. and you keep trying to come in with the story again Paul you got a message for us what's your message you guys paying attention to what he's doing
3: well, I seem to have passed, or flipped all the pages. And here we are today. <laughs> here we are today. It's a matter of uh, just acknowledging the wonderful works that Father God has done in my life, in each and one of our lives, and recognizing that If we're going to live like Christ and be like Christ, then we need to share with others. What he blesses us with is not meant for us to keep it to ourselves, but to share it with others. And with that being said, um, don't be afraid. Don't be hesitant, don't be bashful, don't be skeptical because there's nothing wrong. then,
1: (laughs) Holy Spirit says, then you become religious with me, because that was some form of a religious stand. Remember, it's about having a conversation with him, and then you begin to talk about what he already, uh, he's done. Do you, how you know how you fill him with filler words? But, I want you, the Holy Spirit says, take me to your worship music and how you feel. Did you see that? Now you get a different response out of him. Talk to me about your worship music and how you enter in and what do you do. And then in your drive, what does that look like?
3: I was gonna share an experience in the shower, but I'll skip that part, and I'll just go with the drive time from, from Fontana to, to The Rock. Uh, just- He says, I want the
4: shower experience.
3: You you
0: can't
4: start
3: it. It's always the wetting of the floor because I wanna hear that song over again, and I have to get out of the shower to hit it. You know, I, I have this Bluetooth speaker in the, in the vent, Uh, in the ceiling in the bathroom, but when I talk to the phone to say, repeat, it don't don't engage, so I said, wow, I gotta get out, and I'm like, I gotta be somewhere. However, um, and of course we all share that moment of engaging into singing along, but then my heart is just lifted. Whatever I woke up with that morning, it just instantly disappears. And, and I, have, I have joy, I have a smile on my face that just glows. And, uh, and I'll share the song that I play, almost like my get going song, How Deeply I Need You. And uh, it's like, I'll play it over about four or five times just driving to the rock to, to, to worship. But it's, it, it just resonates, and it causes me to reflect on the lives that I'm going to touch today, uh, on my own personal life, to where I'm, as I'm driving, stay in my lane, um, and just, just on how to continue to stay with my foot on the rock and my name on the scroll.
1: And I thank you. Now, you're done. (laughs) But if you if you really paid attention, when he began to talk about his shower experience, it brought forth excitement. You can truly see that he entered into a place where Christ is in, and that was less literally allowing him to talk about the experience, but that experience took him to another place and it, it, it somewhat caught you up because then you begin to listen with the intent of hearing listen to what I said you begin to listen with the intent of hearing when you're in that place truly in that place of worship and, and nothing else matters you begin to listen with the intent of hearing your Lord you're no longer bringing in all this extra stuff. You're no longer in the start and stop mode because many times you come into this room and in coming into this room, you have the start and stop mode. The Holy Spirit said, it's like the carburetor that's not working. And you're trying to make a car move when there's an issue with the carburetor. And some people know if you hit it hard enough, it'll jump start. Do you hit it? If you hit a carburetor hard enough, you'll jump start. Uh, even at one point in time, I can recall when we were having issues with a vehicle, the Lord literally uh, made sure Glenn was aware. Just hit it with the hammer, and he would hit it with the hammer, and 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 the car would automatically jump into the place and start. But that didn't mean that every time you hit it with the hammer, it was going to work. Right. Hear what I'm saying? It, it worked that time, yeah. but it doesn't always work. It, it, it tells you it's time to change. And, and in that, you have to get something that's going to sync up and start fasting. But when you do find that relief and you got a new carburetor in that car, immediately you're in that position to whereby you turn on the car and you are thrilled because you know it's going to move. And, and, and the Lord said to bring that up because a lot of times, even in that, you can truly see Mary and Martha. It was the custom back in the old days to whereby you would come and sit before the priest's feet to hear the word of God and to understand what he was saying. But our tradition and customs today means people come over our house, we're in preparation mode. Because we want to put on this grand display for everybody, and we want to make sure that everybody is taken care of. And in that place where we're trying to get everybody taken care of, we miss the most important thing, and that is to sit before God. And sometimes when it comes to the things that we're looking to move in God, we want to take care of everything that's on our heart. And we spend so much time in that place trying to give him stuff that we don't recognize that that's not what he's looking for. Even to the point to whereby we have certain things that we have to do in order to get into the place where God is at. We believe that there's work that has to be done in order to get into the place. And the Lord is literally saying, no. And, and, and he gave me a perfect example of a situation. You know, um, last, rather, I'll say last week, because today is Sunday, was Brandon's birthday. And in going to Brandon's house, there was a gentleman that was standing alongside of me and he was full of joy. And in the place that he was full of joy, the Lord said, tap him on the shoulder and tell him this. And I hesitated. And then I lost the words. Because I hesitated. And then all of a sudden something else popped up and he said, say this. And then when I said it, the gentleman was like, at one point, yeah, then the second time Lord said, tap him again. And I'm like, Lord, I got to tap this dude again? Amen. And so I tapped him again the second time and I said something and he said, oh, that's not me. Then. Then at this point, I move out of the spirit because I'm like, Lord, I ain't doing this no more. This Bible's saying it's not him and I, I, I don't have time to go back and forth. You know, I know what I heard and if that's what he's saying, I'm not gonna debate. I'm not in the mood to debate. I'm, I'm tired, I wanna go home. And so the Lord said, say it again. And so then I said a second time, he says you must be the tarot card reader because that's not this or that's not that. And I'm just like, okay, Lord, I'm done, okay? I'm at a point to where I'm done. Lord then gives me something else to say. And so I look at Takiyah and I said, this guy is going crazy, okay? I know what I'm hearing, but I'm not, I'm not in the mood. But then I had to change the way I was handling myself. I was annoyed by God. I was annoyed by the God guy's response. Hear what I just said. And I was annoyed by constantly have to say something. And even though I was hearing, listen, I wasn't really entering in. And so then I said something else, and he said, oh yeah, that's me. That's me, that's me, da-da-da-da-da, you're all right. And then I said, Lord, why did I have to go through all of this just to get him to hear what you wanted to hear? He said, just like you guys are receptive of what you really believe that you look like to me, so is it the same way you enter into my presence. You're saying, I look like this to you, Lord. You even think your worship looks a certain way to him, and he's literally saying, that's not how he wants to accept it. And so he showed me like some of us overly preparing to get in. Get it? And some of us just get in. Sometimes we overly prepare. And the way he brought it to my attention in our over-preparation is, okay, God gives us a task to speak to somebody else. We go through that over-preparation. Lord, if this is really you, you're going to say it this way. Lord, if this is really you, you're going to repeat it to me. You're going to say this. You want that preparation after preparation after preparation in order to be able to stand. And then, on the other hand, you want did that get in quickly and get out he said but what I want for you is just you he says I, don't, I, I no longer want you to be in that place where you're trying to prepare for me and, and, and I don't want you to be in that place where I got to kick the starter to get you going and, and, and what he said to me he says, I really want you to take a look at Mary and Martha it wasn't that Mary did not serve She did the preparation ahead of time, okay? And and she was helping Martha until Jesus showed up. And she felt that the preparation that went into getting Martha, getting the house prepared was done. But many of us are in the Martha mode where we have overkill, okay? We want to do much more. We're looking around the house because we want to set up the perfect view and that perfect view may not always be God's view. You guys see that? Because we want all the arrangements in place because we want when people walk in the house to say, ah. And sometimes we want all the arrangements to be set in place because we want to hear God's voice to say, ah. And that's not where God's at. And that's not where you should have your Lord. Even when it comes to doing his work, he should not have to jumpstart you. And he should not have to tap you on the shoulder over and over and over. And you cannot get annoyed when he asks you to do something over and over. I'm like, Lord, just tell me what you want me to say to this man so I can say it and I can get it done. But the whole point, he, he made me stop to look at the gentleman. He says, I want you to look at this gentleman and I want you to see this gentleman, but I want you to see yourself. He said, he was only receptive to something that was great Uh uh-huh and if anything was outside of greatness he said that's not me Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's the way we are with our Lord we only receptive to great things and if something outside of being great that God wants to change we don't want to even open our hearts to receive And the reason why we don't open our hearts to receive, because we're so busy trying to prepare the place for him when he's already prepared a place for you. And in that place, you're always trying to get into a place where he is when he's already there. His word says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so you're thinking that you're inviting him in every day when he's already there. Get it? You think that you, he's coming into a room and you're preparing the room for him to come when he walks with you. Exactly. But we find ourselves never getting to the place where he desired because we're always thinking we're trying to climb up to a place. He's right there. Even to the point that we got to stop singing song, come in, Lord, because he's already in. <laughs>
2: That's why I cut them all out. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. <laughs> Lord, we need to find you when you're already there. Lord, we're searching for you and he's already here. He says stop the search. Stop looking for me when I'm here. So imagine you're in a room with him and you're looking right past him trying to find him. You're singing to him as if he's not in the room. You're talking to him as if he hasn't showed up when he's coming. He says when two or more are gathered, I'm in the midst. Sometimes I count myself at two to make sure he's there. Sometimes I even go as far as counting myself as three. Me, myself, and I. Lord, you here. The key here is we've been so much trying to find him when he's already here. You're trying to enter in when he's already here. He says, I'm here. And then he began to talk to me about prayer. You heard that precious. In prayer, we find ourselves in startup mode. don't that sound like that carburetor you ain't in? And don't let sleep come over you. everybody knows. <laughs> Everybody knows if you're in a position and you're first starting off to worship, who's going to come? That sleeping spirit. It's going to automatically put you in sleep mode. And you, it takes 10 to 15 minutes to get past sleep mode. When you're laying down praying. are you sitting in your most comfortable place okay it takes 10 to 15 minutes because you got to shake off the world and you got to shake off you and when you shake off you he's there want to make sure that I say this from a different point I love King David And the main reason why I love King David is because he knew how to enter enter in. He understood what worship looked like. He understood how to get past him and truly get into the place where he was. He was committed in his heart, in his mind, soul, and spirit. We're committed in our mind our soul and spirit is always disconnected. My mind wakes up and says, Oh, it's time to worship. I don't even know how at times to stir up my spirit to get it to come along with my mind. And then when my mind gets in place, when my spirit gets in place, my mind's out of place. Cause then it start thinking of all these things. Well, maybe I should pray for this. Maybe I should pray for that. Maybe I should pray for this. Maybe I should pray for that. So then my spirit is awakened, but my mind is somewhere else. And then I say, Oh, I forgot. I'm praying. Oh, forgot. I enter in. Oh, I forgot. Uh, this is where I'm at. I can be praying and then thinking about how to tie my shoes. I can be praying, thinking about what I'm gonna eat. What traffic's gonna look like when I get outside my house? As if it's not going to be the same. But I can do all of this and never enter in. And so when you get into that place of distraction, it totally distracts you completely. I can be mad that everybody else is praying, but they're not praying like me. That's the biggest distraction I have. I'm like, "Come on, everybody, let's enter in. you And I'm like, "Wake up And I'm like, "Lord, where's their voices? Where are they?" And as I began to look at scripture, and to really look at that, the Holy Spirit was literally speaking to me and saying to me, and I need you guys to hear this. You must get out of your place of comfort. and then when you get out of your place of comfort, start looking at whose attention you're trying to get. Mm. Did you ever stop to say, Lord, I'm trying to get your attention? He says, how does it feel when you're in a room of many and you got something to say and everybody ignores your voice. How do you feel? How do you feel? You will keep trying to come in and say something, right? And the group will continue to ignore you. And the more you try to say, the more they're going to literally make you feel like you don't exist. Imagine this is what you're doing to your Lord. So in your time of entering in, he's trying to say something to you. He's trying to get something to you. He's trying to get you to a place. But you're so busy trying to deliver stuff that you ain't listening. And you know how that feels, right? When you got something to say, even to the point you will raise your hand to to try to get them to understand, wait, 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 I got some wisdom here. And you're not looking to hear it. And the Holy Spirit was literally showing me in this particular place, He's been trying to get you guys to see some things, but He cannot get it to you because you're overanalyzed, over processing, overthinking, over preparing, overdoing everything. You have a way of going into prayer, you have a way of establishing how I enter in with God and all the stuff and the Lord says, that gotta stop, it's too much work. That work should be driving you guys crazy. When he's literally just saying, I'm here. He then reminded me of a situation that was so awesome but I didn't realize it was awesome. I got an opportunity to meet somebody's husband to be at that particular time, and the person came and knocked on my front door. I was behind the scenes trying to figure out what to put on, because I had on my pajamas. I'm like, Lord, this is unexpected. Didn't expect this person to come in, and so I'm running from room to room to room to try to find something to put on, and the Holy Spirit said, leave your robe on and go answer the door. I ain't doing that. And so then I went back and tried to do it again and he said, you heard me, leave your robe on and go and answer the door. Well, the person ended up saying to me, I was so afraid to meet you, but when you came in your robe, exactly what it is, it made me take the weight of everything off. do you you get what he's trying to get you guys to see sometimes you put on these robes and all of this stuff and he's literally saying heart of worship what we make it out to be it's all about Jesus we even sing the psalms. I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you I'm sorry Lord for what I made it it's all about you but we made it all about us and we continue to make it all about us and then we get mad when others don't enter in like we do when others don't move like we do when others don't operate so you guys know where we're at we're in Luke 10 starting with verse 36 Sorry.
5: Bradley, you can jump in anytime. This is Luke 10, ESV. Uh, which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers, are you sure? 38? Mary and yeah, yeah. Margaret, So Luke 10, 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listening to his teaching.
1: Let me, let me, let me make sure that you say, now, so they went, and he entered in the house, and they welcomed him in the house. So, they're welcomed in the house, but preparation is still going on by one person. Imagine somebody come in your house, you say, wait a minute, I'm still putting things together. Isn't that us? Isn't that the way we treat our Lord? Wait a minute, I'm still putting everything together. But yet your guess is still there. Get it? So the one who you're putting everything together is, is in front of you, but yet you're still working. He said, do you see yourselves? So God has entered into the place where you're at and you're still putting things together. (laughs) Okay, so you can see clearly when he entered into the house, everything should have stopped. When you enter into the house of the Lord, everything that you're trying to prepare and put together and trying to get him to understand should cease. But instead, we come ready to present. Well, if I get in front of his presence, I'm going to have to ask him these questions. (laughs) Because that's what what some of us do. We work to get in front of God to ask him questions. When he's already there, you can ask the questions. So why are you working to ask questions? Better yet, if you would just sit at his feet, he would answer your questions without you presenting them.
2: Can I say something? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's already in our house, and we're often trying to prepare something for him when he has something prepared for us. There was a time where I think he had me not pray in the spirit for probably at least eight months straight nor read the Word for almost a year because He wanted me to learn how to get into a relationship not by a formula or a preparation. Any time I would start, He would be like, stop, come. And it was a letting go rather than a building up to or working unto. Yeah. So it was a learning to let go of how I came to God and realized who has come to me, and let him in.
1: It's just like what he said. Some of you are so attached to praying in the Spirit that you can't hear him without praying in the Spirit. You haven't learned to let go. God speaks to you outside of just you praying in the Spirit. But you feel like your mind has to get into that place in order to hear when you should automatically be there. You should be sensitive enough to be able to hear and discern the spiritual things. But many of us are not sensitive enough to discern spiritual things, so we find ourselves in a position still trying to find God. And so these formulas, he's trying to get you to cease from doing. Because they only hinder you, they don't help you.
2: Yeah, one last thing. God is simple. He's he always simplifies things. It's he's he's even told me it's like we're often trying to find God on the exterior when he the greater glory is on the inside. And so all it takes is literally an acknowledgement of his presence inside and he will acknowledge you back. It's that easy.
1: And and it's so funny, now I get how you wanted me to teach this one, okay. It was teaching another scripture. Mm -hmm. I just now got it. Uh, It is so easy for us to get off track, because we desire understanding in everything, but sometimes our understanding of things get in the way of him and our relationship. as if when we do have the understanding, we're going to do something with it, different than where we're at. The Holy Spirit began to show me just right now. It's like when he healed the blind man, he literally went through a process, but he made it a simple process so that the blind man could really truly see. When he healed, others, he made absolutely sure that they could see. But the most important one, he, he literally said, every single time he said, take up your mat and walk. He said, I want you to talk about this process. And taking up your mat and walk I always would look at the individuals who he would say, and I said, what was so significant in taking up your mat? And what he said to me was simple as this. He said it was something that they least expected. He says, it was not only speaking to them, it was speaking to the crowd. Because many times we think healing has to be a specific way. You would think that somebody would do something surgically to cause the person to stand and walk. And instead he spoke a word And that word basically changed the individual's life because they received it by faith. And the Lord says many times when you're entering in, he wants you to receive him by faith. Not about all the works you're doing, but to receive him by faith. And in that place where you're receiving him by faith, then you're trusting by faith that he's going to speak into the places that you need him to speak into. So imagine if he had something much more complicated to say to the man to take up his mat and walk. What if he had instructions for him to do that was beyond his ability to do it. What if he had just said to the man, stand up? But then if you think about it, how many times did the man here stand up and he couldn't? But then he heard something that was unbeknownst to him and in that he understood by faith what to do.
2: It was actually illegal for him to take up his bed and walk. It was considered the Sabbath day, so he was not allowed to do that. And I asked the Father about this, and he told me he's always trying to get us to do things outside the way we would normally do it, because we have an idea of how he will move, and it's not his ways. How many of us in our lives have God moved exactly how we thought he would move? Say it again. How often in our lives does God move exactly how we believe he's going to move?
1: But better yet, how often is God is trying to get you to overcome the religious stand that you have within? It's like he takes away it, we bring it back. He takes it away, we bring it back. And God is literally trying to get us to basically operate according to him. And so you can clearly see that He's in the room with Mary and Martha. Let's go a little bit further in that scripture.
5: Luke 10 verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone?
1: Let me stop you right here. So she was distracted, distracted with much serving, service. But in her distraction, She keep looking at her sister. So she knows every move that her sister is making. She's not focused in on her Lord at all. She's focused in on her sister. And sometimes you guys are so focused in on those around you, how God's moving in their gifting, that you don't even see the gifting of the Lord moving in you. Sometimes you spend all of your time looking at the other person that you don't see the person of God in you. Because you have an expectation that they're gonna always move, but you don't never see the expectation of God moving through you. And then we will literally say to the Lord, when are you gonna move in me? Because we're looking at how they submit and surrender. But you have to find your own submission in your own place of surrendering so that God can begin to flow through you. But Martha chose to serve. Rather than she chose to overextend herself. And many of you choose to overextend yourself when there's not a lot of work that needs to be done. Well, Lord, if nobody else gonna do it, I gotta do it for you. God'll find a way. God'll find a way. And he never wants you to be doing work that your heart ain't in it. Because there's no glory to him when you're trying to do it. You get into the heavens and you're in that place and then you look around to see how many people that's in the same place with you and you automatically take yourself out. It is an individual relationship. He told me to repeat that. It is an individual relationship. So why are we focused on everybody around us? Let's go a little bit further. Uh,
5: Continue for verse 40.
1: Wait a minute, I keep hearing the word distraction, distraction, distractions. And then I said, okay, Lord, you spoke the word three times to me. What are you saying, and why did you say it to me three times? He said, you can even sit here and be distracted because the word is not being spoken your way.
2: When you start going deeper, it will never be spoken your way, ever, because the way in which you try to grasp it will be on form or understanding that's based in this reality. I know I've said that many times, but it's, it's real. It'll never go your way. you never have the understanding you're looking for, because your peace is in him, not in your understanding.
1: I, I tell you guys about the craziest story, but yet it's so real. And I've shared this with you guys to some extent. You know, I had a great nephew that came into the world. He spent 20-something days here, and he's gone. And in spending 20-something days here, he's gone. Many of my family members still question God. But I look at 26 days was the most, or whatever day, 26 or 27, was the most blessed opportunity that we could ever have. And the main reason why it was 20-something days is because he didn't have to be here even then. This was a premature birth. Under, hear what I'm saying, under six months, barely making five. And normally when they're under like in four going on five months they're not gonna make it but in return the child made it and the little lifespan that he had it was because God allowed it and even though the mother only had the opportunity to hold and cradle her baby in the last part of them breathing. They felt that that was the worst thing that God could have ever done. What's wrong with God? Why is the heart of God wrong? Why is it off? If you stop to really look at it and to really see it from his lens, he gave them an opportunity. And most people don't even have the opportunity to hold somebody that truly, truly was struggling for minutes. And to where I think it's so grateful because she said, I'll never do this again, but you can always say you were a mom. Do you see that? You can always say you were a mom. And so if you choose not to walk down that road, you can always say you was a mom. But I learned in that situation, if I've learned nothing else, God is sovereign. And it's not about what Kathy wants, the family wants. It is about what's pleasing and acceptable to God. And when you Truly get into the place of worship and you understand the relationship that you have, such as what Bradley is saying, you ain't trying to find your will. You're not trying to be in that position where you're saying God's unfair. You're not looking at this as not right. You accept every moment for what it is and you're grateful for it. With no questions asked. That's the key, with no questions asked. And that's the issue here with Martha. She had questions that she asked even to the point she wanted him to make a way that she helped continue to serve. But I love the scripture. It didn't say that Jesus came with a bunch of people. Do you get it? So why was so much service done? And even if he did come with a bunch of people, was food important. Get it? Because sometimes we look at the things that sustains us more important than him being the one that sustains us. Mm-hmm. And so when we're entering into that place, we're so busy trying to get the things that sustain us and not realizing that he's the only one that sustains us. And so he says, you're distracted by many things. We are distracted by many things because many times we're in his presence and we're so busy trying to get our agenda that we don't even see his agenda. So if it's not the people around us, it's the stuff that we desire. Before you even said, he said, "You must."
2: <laughs> so, wh- why is it we desire such things? What is our purpose? I asked that for like the, the, the larger scheme of things. Like, why? What do we? Why do we desire such things? What do we desire of God in this life, and why do we desire it in a certain way? I was um, praying into. Um, I was with Yahweh. He had me praying to myself again, praying into my DNA, and he reminded me again of some earlier images and memories I had in the past. It was small traumas when I was two or three years old, which I brought up to my mother, and she remembered. I don't know how I remembered it besides him. Basically, we have have memories in our DNA, I found out, at least spiritually now that I see, that hold traumas. And he showed me what we tend to do, is we tend to try and reform life to fix our trauma, rather than form life from Yahweh's face. And a lot of that is inner desires that are intertwined with our soul and even in spiritual things to help fix these things of the past in this life. And so that is why we are hinged to the desires of this realm in this world. So when he, in this communal relationship, when He takes you in the inner dwelling of self and brings these things forward and heals these things, His DNA, in yours, you can release the desires and the necessity of them in an earthly manner.
1: Holy Spirit just said, He speaks of false comfort. You know, when we're stressed, we go shopping. When we're stressed, we pick up wine, okay? Uh, We we find things that are temporary comfort and rather than allowing the comforter to comfort us. When we are stressed, we overly prepare. We're trying to present something that doesn't exist. And so he's literally looking for you to see what he's saying here and then really take a different look take a different stand, walk a little bit different. But also, when you're entering into prayer, you gotta get out of the way of you. And you have to get into a place to whereby every time that I'm seeking him, I want to offer and present my best. Not with a hidden agenda to get something but to present my best, because he deserves it. Not with something on my mind, but always having him on my mind. And that's all that matters. We have a way of always saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, but our will is still jumping in the way. Your kingdom come, but let my kingdom exist with yours. Let what I desire stand forth alongside of you. It's just like the two sons of Zebedee when they said let one be on the left and one be on the right. We are like the two sons of Zebedee to where we're always looking for our position to come forward in the Lord and the Lord is literally saying to you, you don't know what you're asking. Because if you're asking to exist, it's not going to be. Because he's telling you, just as he told the sons of Zebedee, you don't know what you're looking. That place is set forth for others. But yet we're still trying to get him to establish our kingdom. through worship. Worship to get in so I can hear. But not worship to get in so I can do as well. And to do as well is gonna do things outside of your comfort zone. And that means to hear things about you that you don't like. to be able to walk through darkness and be untouched.
5: Um, Verse 40, let me just repeat. But Marta was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things.
1: Did you hear that? Martha, Martha. He already seen her heart. He already knew what was going on with her. And he already knew her position. She was so anxious and troubled by many things that she couldn't rest. She was so caught up in the things that are around her that she could not sit down. And that's where many of us are when we enter into the house of the Lord. When you walk through this door, you're so caught up and you're anxious about many things. You got so much going on. And then you keep hearing Bradley keep saying to you, okay, let that stuff go. Let that stuff go. Come on, let that go. Bring that in. I hear him every week saying the same thing to you. And the same things keep happening. Yeah. And he keeps saying, God's presence already here. And then we still trying to conjure up, conjure up. That's like conjuring up spirits. Yeah. Oh, you are. Yeah. Because you're bringing in other spirits and you're not bringing in and recognizing the spirit of God in here. And so we're still trying to fight for our way. Instead of coming in here and literally seeing this is where you're at. And it's not just here, it's at home, it's in your jobs, it's everywhere. You know, don't just make it a part, a part of, okay, only in this place I can find him. That's not true. He's wherever you're at because you belong to him.
2: um we all have strings attached if you know what i mean what i mean by that is is we all want to come to him but if we can and i've mentioned this before but he's asking me to look at it we all have strings attached um i will i will do this i will come to you but i really need this and i think i mentioned this last week but the things we're really holding on to we need to allow holy spirit to to um, enlighten for us so that we can, with assistance, let go. Because in that letting go in that time with Yahweh, you're going to see he's greater even than these things, but you have to spend that time. Otherwise you're not going to, the soul is not going to know he's greater. It's going to look for, but I have strings attached.
1: Had a question that oh, was. Oh, <laughs> so, so, so. Yeah. You just it. answered your own. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. should have yeah. said, let me point out this. Yes, it's very well seen. How many yes. times do we not listen to Christ and, and go by his teachings of the people that we go through
3: every day to add on to these anxieties? So,
5: my question is like, the, what you're saying, Brad, is more individual relationship, but what does it look like as a body when, you know, from individual in unity with everybody?
1: I think what it looks like is something that we've been trying to get. Stop looking at your partner. Mm -hmm. That's the key. When Amanda comes up and she dances, she don't look at any of you guys. She cares nothing about any of you guys saying something. Okay, not even her husband. And even in that place, she even puts away her children. If they even come near, she pushes them away and they automatically know uh, mom's not to be bothered. And that's the place that we all have to get to, to where we stop worrying about everything around us. There's never been a time where in her worship she hasn't addressed that I'm concerned with what's underneath her going to be exposed and even if it is, she doesn't care. So she's not caught up in the basic things, she's totally focused on worship. And we know she gets in, right? Because when she gets in, you can see she's so in that it pulls you in. Because people have the ability to pull others in. And a lot of times when you pull others in, that means they're saying, I can't come up, get in alone. And sometimes it's just watching somebody else helps you to enter in. Mm-hmm. And so in this particular situation, all Mary, Martha had to do was watch Mary and said, oh, this is where I'm going.
0: And that's what the Lord told right? He said, look at her, she's found the better
1: thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, but he knew that she was already full of cares full of anxiety. And so many of us come with these cares and anxiety and we forget this is not about Kathy's kingdom come. Yes. Kathy's will be done. Lord see to it. It's about Lord your kingdom come, your will be done. And it has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm.
5: Luke 10 verse 42. So to
1: answer your question? come along don't try to bring them in you're not responsible for bringing them in
5: so so I I have you're not
1: responsible so if you're even if you're worshiping it's not your responsibility to bring somebody else in and that's what I think would worship always caught off because you're looking to bring them in, you're looking to do whatever. It's better that when you worship, you close your eyes because yeah. your focus is not on the people to come in. It's for you to enter in because if you enter in, they you will draw them in.
5: So, so, so that that was a follow-up question because um, in in worship, I'm, I can feel that there's some tension between the both of us in piano and then in, in the song because. Part of like the rhythm change, and I I have a hard time just go because I it, it, I can mess people up. That's the that's the fear too.
1: But but, but even in that, you play it your way.
5: Yeah. Okay. I, I,
1: and even and even if it if it's not, Paul plays it his
5: way. My, okay? my 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 thing is 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 with Brad that like it throwing the rhythm off. But, the, I, I'm, I'm... but God
1: doesn't care about the rhythm; He cares about you entering in. Yeah. He's not focused in perfection. That's that's Martha.
3: Yeah.
1: She's still trying to present the best of the best, and you're in that place where you're trying to present the best of the best. If the keys don't match, He don't care. Yeah. And, and and I guarantee a you, a person like me that don't know music, <laughs>
6: you hear me, a person <laughs>
1: like me that don't music, don't know music, don't care. You don't come it, you hear? Oh, it oh, is. Oh, I'm okay oh. with that.
7: <laughs> in that position,
1: in that position, it is where yeah. I find Christ. Yeah. By myself. Yeah. And, 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 and to answer you, why sometimes I sit outside? It's easier to get in. Yes. Because you guys are doing preparation. I can't. I can't get in to a place that I need to get in if you're so busy trying to get there. You invite me in when you don't know what you're doing. Yes. I get in better in your chaos than in your perfection. Yes. Hopefully that makes sense. Because when you're, you're trying to present your perfection, I'm like, I gotta walk outside. Uh, when I hear Paul hitting something and it's just like boom, 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 and it's the same thing, I'm gonna deal with that same rhythm because it's consistent to me. What, what's inconsistent to me is when I see people trying to do something, and they're looking for a reaction. I cannot move, and, uh, and God cannot move on your reactions. So if Bradley plays a different tune that you, you play, mm-hmm. it could be that everybody in here, one person may be looking at Bradley. Everybody else could be looking at you, Billy. and they're not looking at the era no,
5: no, no. they're I'm looking error.
1: at your heart of worship Correct.
5: I, I'm trying to kind of reconcile everything so that you know all of us in the worship team is also drop that you know drop the performances drop the perfection drop the everything
1: he so said like he said you drop. Don't worry about them. Yeah, the he he only is telling you to drop it. Don't worry about them dropping it. They'll find the opportunity because he could be speaking to them right now saying drop it as well. Okay? But he's telling you, don't try to always bring, bring it. God will create the order. And I've seen him too many times create the order on his own. You just give your best to him. okay? You failed to remember Bradley days. Remember, Bradley would get to the keyboard and say, I can't do this. I don't know what to do, but yet he found a way. Remember the days he says, I don't know how to play, but I'll try. And God made a way because he consistently came back. And that's all that matters. Just consistently come back and give your best to Him. You're playing to the Maker. That's it. So you're David.
7: Thank
1: hey. <laughs> 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 she got to come up. Got to come up. Huh?
5: Praise the Lord. Praise I the Lord. Because
6: you're connected yeah. to the top.
1: Because you're connected, you come in with the intent to get in.
6: If you're not, then you're dictating. You're pointing out, like Martha is doing with Mary,
1: which is correct. Mm-hmm.
7: I appreciate you using me as an example because, and I had to hesitate to ask this question, and the Lord said, ask it. What if you feel like the best you offer is still insufficient, and that is where performance is stemming from? Then you're in the kingdom. Because
1: the best you offer is not sufficient to God. Okay. okay? You're going to feel, because you really feel like you want to offer him more, but that is your best we will always feel insufficient. And that's when you know you're giving your all. If you don't feel insufficient, then there's something wrong.
7: So what about the people who stop entering in or give up because they're always focused and faced with that insufficiency?
1: And the people that stops and give up, they haven't tapped into God to see what he's really looking for. Because when you tap into God, he says your insufficiency is sufficient. Mm -hmm. And you will always hear well done. Yes. And the only reason why I know that, because I would get up here and I would bash words and I would do all this stuff and not know how to say what he wants me to say, he says you're sufficient. I said, but I messed up on this and I didn't say this and I didn't say that and all this stuff that's coming to me after, I should have said. He said, but my message was delivered, it's sufficient. And then I said, but what about this and what about all these other things? He said, you were trying to be perfect. And he said, but you chose to give me to be uncomfortable in the place where you were delivering. Mm -hmm. And so that made it sufficient because you gave me your best in your imperfection. And that's all that matters. He's not looking for them days I say, oh, I rocked this. And he's like, no, you rocked it. That's your message. It's when I feel uncomfortable, and I don't know what I'm talking about, is when I know he's working through me. OK? Hopefully that makes
7: clear yes, sense. Yes, it, it clarifies what he was talking to me about the other day about filling up. <laughs> that's literally what he said say that failing up so when you fail you've progressed i'm still am grappling that
4: yeah
1: but if you stop to imagine the disciples going out and they went out two by two and they didn't know the heck what to do he just gave them instructions and power and literally told them to go to these houses and do this and do that and do that. And they went out two by two and they came back with these great reports. They didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, there was no instructions. There was no instruction. They just was told not to take something with them and to eat in whatever place they end up resting. And whether they gave them a lot of food or very little, it was sufficient for them. And so in that place, they had to learn to be uncomfortable. And we have to learn to be uncomfortable. But we want to be comfortable people serving God. That's not our walk. Uncomfortable is where we're supposed to be. And when you're comfortable, you, you're not satisfying him fully. And that's the part of worship we got to get out of that comfortable. Uncomfortable is to whereby, gosh, I did some weird things today in worship. That's uncomfortable. So hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying.
2: I think we forget um, the Father's pleasure over us. Honestly, I really think this entire church, we work so hard to get to somewhere with him because we don't know how pleased he is with us. And even in your question of sufficiency, how do you measure your sufficiency? And by what measure are you measuring it? Are we measuring it by the world's measurement or by our own soul and what we think is measurably sufficient to him? But in our sufficiency, he is full sufficient. In our weakness, he is powerful. So I would ask, by what measure are we measuring our sufficiency unto him?
7: I think really quick, I think we don't know what that is, I don't know what that is, and so that's why we look at other people.
1: It's here in the scripture 42.
5: Luke 10, 42, but one thing is necessary, Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her.
1: So what was that one thing that's necessary, what did Mary choose? Okay, so, so she chose to rest at his feet. So that's the only thing that's necessary. It's not all this performance that you're thinking is necessary. It's not all this performance that you're thinking is necessary. Yes. It's when you get to the feet of God, you stay there. When you get into position, you stay there. You don't get out of position and try to do more. You don't get out of position and try to bring others in. You stay there. And the problem is we get out of position because we're trying to bring everybody up. That's not your job. He knows how to bring people in. If he brought them to the fold, then he definitely know how to get them to a place of worship. But we strive to try to help others. That's not your job. That's not what God is calling you to do. Say that louder.
4: (laughs) I'm really thankful to hear this because I remember, well, first of all, like nobody knew anything about um, my worship, or what it sounded like, and then when I came back and I was worshiping, I didn't want to get up there because I because I didn't want the responsibility of it. It didn't look like it wasn't. It didn't represent freedom to me. And then when I was up worshiping, then it was like, Shalee you're gone. You have to come back. You have to see the people. You have to you can't leave the people, you can't leave the people. And so it started to even shift how I worshiped. I couldn't be free anymore. I couldn't really do a, it just really shifted a lot of stuff for me.
1: But even now, everyone's mature enough to get in on their own. When everybody gets in on their own, you're going to find you're not going to need that choir.
4: Yeah, exactly. because
1: yes. everybody is a choir themselves
4: yes.
1: and everybody begins to worship if you've ever been in an arena where true worship is going on the center focus on those who are on stage shifts exactly. and everybody begins to focus in on Christ yes. and so it's no longer about the musicians it's about everybody presenting their very best to the Lord And so you pull away from the stage. And if you ever look at somebody filming the arena, they pull away from the person who's up front and they begin to focus in on the crowd because the crowd is where the worship is really at. They're no longer focused in on, oh this group of people that are up there. And you focus in on the group of people that are on stage because the crowd has not been affected by it. But when the crowd is affected by the worship because the people let go, then everybody lets go. And the song and the instrument doesn't even sound the same. And then the music is never music that you heard before. It becomes something that begins to string that comes from heaven because they don't even know the keys that they're hitting because they are just, giving their all
5: to God. So, can I read this part on First Chronicles 16? Because <laughs> I was like looking into this. I just kind of like glossed through it, and then I'll just give you the thing. Uh, David leads worship, Chronicles six, 1 Chronicles Chronicle 16. They brought the ark of God and put it in the middle of the tent David had pitched for it. Then they offer burnt sacrifice and peace offering before God. When David finished offering burnt sacrifice and peace offering, he pronounced a blessing over the people in the Lord's name. And number three is the the instruction. He then handed out to each Israel, man and woman, a loaf of bread, a date cake, and a raisin cake. He appointed some of the Levites to serve before the Ark of God, to offer prayers, songs of thanks, hymns to the Lord, God of Israel. Asaph was the leader, Zechariah, second in command, followed by the name, the name, the name. And the priest, Benaniah, were to blow trumpet regularly before the ark of God's covenant. And this is the, the thing. So each Israel, each of us were given things that to worship our God, to burn sacrifice to our God. And then we don't have to I don't have to perform, so. But
1: if you really look at it, in that true worship, it takes off because then blessings are coming forth and people are speaking and they're singing and they're all in alignment and they're bringing forth what they're supposed to bring forth in this setting. So it's not left to one person to do, it shows that everybody was invited in and everyone is given in this particular setting. And so that means all the gifts are in operation. Yes. That's what you're looking at here. That everything is in operation and it's flowing by the spirit. Yes. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Anything else you have?
2: Does anyone have questions about entering in?
4: I'm trying to. I hope this comes we out as a, a question. Oh, okay. I don't know if I have a question. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. Um, be you, Shelly. So this is going to (laughs) be... I think just in listening to everything, for me, it's been kind of connecting different dots, if that makes any kind of sense. I know he's been trying to really talk to me about getting away from performance, like already. Like, you don't have to perform, you know, uh, pomp and ceremony. So I just, I think my question is how? Because he, you're funny. Okay. Um, he said, be, you know, before I could even
1: hear anything, <laughs> he no, said, "You're asking something you already know."
4: I know how I do it. Didn't do it. But I'm. I guess my question is: Is that still tied to traditions and and? Ceremonies that I already had let, let me let me make sure and, and I've, I've shared this before
1: when you begin to make people focus in on you and not on Christ and you begin to get the glory oh my god she can sing that you have taken the glory from God and you put it on yourself so that's the only thing that those who have beautiful voices have they have to make sure that they're not focusing the intention on them. Yeah. And if you're focusing in on, on God, that's all that matters. Okay. That's it. And so understand when you lose and leave people, you begin to focus in on your singing, mm-hmm. not focusing in on really worshiping God. So there's a difference in the two. Okay. Let me hit that note again. Let me hit this thing. Let me say this correctly. If your mind began to think about performance, then you're missing God.
4: Oh yeah, no. I, I, I think I'm just speaking more of a, not wanting to like, like I have to speak to let go of the formula. I know when I, when I just am with God just by myself and I'm just worshiping, I'm, I'm automatically in.
5: Just pray in the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maha shi ka ma me ye ma te su ku shi mo ya me
7: I get to ask the embarrassing questions. Lord wants me to ask this one. Cause it's about me, but it's not just about me and I might be the, the first to admit it. What if you have two young kids and you're pregnant with a third and you're supposed to be getting 16 hours of sleep a day and you're really getting about eight already and you're also working to secure your next job and so you're out hunting for that and then you have to prepare food the next minute. Um, you have a free time in the evening on the table. so. How do I give my best to the Lord in those situations when I am just overwhelmed in my day to day?
1: You've already given your best. Mm-hmm.
6: You've into all
1: those That's all that matters. In all the places that you have been walking, you've literally have brought Him into the places. He knows your state. That's why even in scripture, when one of the servant had family he wanted to make sure that they basically gave the attention that is necessary to the family. God knows what we have to contend with and he's not saying no put me first over that. He's literally saying I understand and you're still bringing me in.
7: And so when we are in a lack of peace in those situations because we feel like we're missing God or we have not had the time to really bring him into everything or really go to third heaven and get all of this revelation, what would be the, the comfort that myself and others can rest in? Even if Lord, we feel my spirit, mm-hmm.
1: I would look for psalms in the word that will calm me down to recognize that uh, as David was in battle, he still chose to come into a place of rest. And so you have to basically get to that place of rest A lot of times I go to the book of Psalms because it brings forth that rest for me, but it may be different for you. You say, Lord, where do my rest lie? And he will bring you to that place of rest. There's no formula for this because each person rests differently, okay? And sometimes a lot of action is rest for people. Sometimes doing what Martha does is considered to be rest for people. So it really, have to find out what that looks like.
5: So correct me if I'm wrong pastor. So in my in the reading it's not the actions of Martha or Mary, right? It's is the is the distraction of Lord you know I Martha chose to serve, Mary chose to rest, right? And the the correction is when Martha asks the lord to redirect mary to to help her that's correct correct okay so yes. it's the chosen because like I, i'm hearing shali and i'm hearing um you choose your time to worship god in your your time and as long as you're not distracted as long as we're not distracted the chosen part is is the 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 action correct
1: what, what Mar- Martha is asking, Lord, is tell Mary to get out of the position she's gotten into and get into a, the position she's in. God will not do it. Who, who would want to get, tell somebody, get out of the presence of God? God won't do it because he desires you to be in his presence.
0: Um, This message has been such a blessing because it's like answering so many questions. I was literally asking the Lord yesterday about works, because I know that that's something I struggle with, and it's like this message is maturing me even as I'm listening to it, and uh, it's just screaming out rest, and the scripture that the Lord has been like putting in front of me is um, in Hebrews, if I can just read a a little bit of it. It's Hebrews 3, and it says a warning against unbelief. It says, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with the generation. I said their hearts are always going astray. And they have not known my way. So I declare an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you, as a sinful, un- unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. And as it just been said today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion so who were they who hurt and and rebelled were they not all those Moses led from out of Egypt and with whom was he angry for 40 years was it not with those who sinned whose bodies perished in the wilderness and to whom did God swear that they were never enter his rest if not to those who disobeyed So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. And it's like the Lord is bringing me back to what Bradley said in the beginning, which was it's so simple. It's the glory of God on the inside of us. That's the greater glory. It's not our works, you know? And um, literally is the simple acknowledgement that the Lord is with us, he's dwelling in us. And that simple acknowledgement is all the father's asking for. So if that's something that we're doing out of works or something that we're doing by resting, that's the greater glory that we are really searching for from God is just the fact that, Lord, you're with us and we can rest in that. And we can rest in the fact that it's already complete. (laughs) Like everything that God has said, done, it's just, it's finished. And we can just simply rest in that, let our hearts rest in that truth. When we rest, we enter in. When we rest, we enter in, not by works, not by anything that we're doing, because that's the unbelief that God may not have completed something and he may not have made me perfect enough and he may not have, you know, approved of me in this thing. That's the unbelief. But God just says, no, it's done. It's finished. Just rest and acknowledge me. I'm with you right now.
2: May I Praise piggyback God. on that really quick? Hebrews 4 says, we do not enter rest because of unbelief. But then it goes on to say, for the works were finished from the foundation of all things. So there are no more works that we can work to enter His rest. It's just acknowledgement of belief. The works were finished from the foundation.
1: So you understand, it's just you coming into agreement with the works. Mm -hmm.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: That's all you're doing is coming in agreement with what's already been done. And where we get out of agreement because we want what we want done, but it's already done. You know, like the child was already gone. It was the finishing work of God. He gave us the opportunity to look at what greatness he created in her. And it was done. It's unfair for us to basically say, oh, no, our will. We always ask that his perfect will be done, and that's it. It's done. And so we're grateful to have seen and have touched the thing that God created. That's all we can look at. And praise God in the midst of that. I'm trying to close this again, if I can get this closed. <laughs> yes. Just the part that says about how we, yes.
6: So I'm reading 1 John 4, <clears throat> verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world.
1: Of breakdown for, oh. really for Okay. I don't know that. I know to get that. Yeah, because it's not about testing the Spirit. It's about, you know, as we enter into the place that God is calling for us to enter in, if you can truly understand, wow. Well, you can help me on this one. As I enter into the place of God, and as I mature in him, I'm no longer in that place where there's a lot of noise. And the best way God showed me this, <laughs> he, he, he's funny the way he shows me stuff. He literally showed me me when I know I truly entered in. He showed me a nightclub and everything popping. Okay, everybody dancing, everybody popping, and I mean, it's like you got the greatest song and everybody's jumping up and down. But all the way in the back of the room, past all the dancing and all the stuff that you can imagine, he's sitting at a table. VIP. Chilling. And he's literally saying, come from there. So you dance and you just walk into, you get to the back of that room, and then when you get into the back of that room, you sit at the seat and you're like, oh, God, all this stuff is no more. None of this stuff matters. None of this stuff exists. And then you go and you sit at this table with him, and all that stuff is drowned out. But some of us like to be in that club mode where everything's popping, everything's going, and we want to hear everything that's going on. God still speaks, but it's harder to hear in the midst of that. But if you would take your worship all the way to the back, you'll find the maker is sitting there waiting on you at all costs. And that's the way he showed me what true worship really looks like, is when you get past all the noise in you. And so I want to make sure that we all got that club experience going on on the inside of us. (laughs) And that club experience is what God is literally trying to get you to drown out. And to get into that place where it's no longer popping, rocking, and rolling. But he's sitting at the table and you know that you have a seat next to him. Now I think I can close it with that.
2: In the secret place of the Most High, nothing else can come in without permission. Exactly. A lot of our distractions are actually spirits I can see in the atmosphere right now. Mm. Distracting spirits.
1: Only the part that says what worship look like.
6: <laughs> okay. Mm. Okay, I have to read all. Of the spirit of truth and protection against the spirit of error, the fact of false prophets and the need to test the spirits. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Do not believe every spirit. John warned against believing every spirit. That is, we are never to assume every spiritual experience for every demonstration of spiritual power is from God. We must test spiritual experiences and spiritual phenomenon to see if they are in fact from God.
1: And you guys understand what I mean by that? Because a lot of times when you're not fully entered in, you hear just enough to be dangerous. You get to that place of worship and you've got just enough to be dangerous and a lot of times we're acting in that dangerous place. It's when you get beyond the danger and that means you push past you, it's when you really truly hear the voice of God and it's solid. It's a place where all the noise stops and only he
6: can speak. A little bit more. Many, when first encountering the reality of the spiritual world, are too impressed and amazed to ask whether they are of God. This leads to easy deception, but test the spirits. This is important because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Even though the early church had a strong life and a large measure of purity, John still knew the danger, false prophets, and their message was, real in the early church. Test the spirits, whether they are of God. This is the responsibility of every Christian, but especially of congregational leadership.
1: So it's so important that you guys pay attention. So as you're worshiping, you know, test what you're hearing. And how do you test? All of you guys should know that by now. How do you test? identify yourself who's speaking and so when you get into that quiet place and you're really in a place of worship you're going to hear things but before you blat it out to everybody else test it to confirm it thanks precious I don't think we need more on that and so in that place really really stop because we want to edify one another and in that place we want to edify one another we want to make sure that it's rightfully God hear what the spirit of the Lord says to you today you saying, come as you are come as you are and he says and I'll do the rest this is the word of the Lord praise be to God amen
0: If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.